This is One in 59, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. One in 59 is a weekly show devoted to topics related to autism spectrum disorder. Good morning and welcome to One in 59, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, Chief Development Officer at Anderson Center for Autism. And this morning, I am really excited to be speaking with Mark Garcia, who is the president and CEO of Visit Mesa. Mark, good morning. Good morning. It's good to be with you. Thank you. It's great to have you on the show. Uh, I know that you're here today to talk with us. Well, you're not here. You're out in Arizona. And you're talking with us about Visit Mesa. Uh, I'd love for you to just start with maybe an overview of what Visit Mesa is and how and why you are involved in it. And we'll go from there. Well, Visit Mesa is what's called a Destination Marketing Organization, or DMO. We're also known as Convention and Visitors Bureaus. Some of your listeners may be familiar with a Convention and Visitors Bureau, but many of us in this DMO business have begun to change our organization names from, in our case, in 2012, we were the Mesa Convention and Visitors Bureau, and we changed our name to Visit Mesa. So many others across the country have done the same because it more aptly describes who we are, what we do. We're in the business of selling, marketing, promoting our cities, our destinations for both business and leisure travel. So we're the official travel resource for Mesa, Arizona and the surrounding region. And when I say surrounding region, I'm really talking about the southeastern portion of Maricopa County or the Valley of the Sun, as some of your listeners may be familiar with. So that's what we're in the business of doing. Uh, We do that in a number of different ways, obviously through consumer advertising, uh, both paid content, a lot of uh, paid content and also uh, things that are more ephemeral. We also do lots of social media. And then in direct sales, uh, we're, we're targeting specific market segments. In our case, Uh, We're focused on the leisure traveler, so we're working with wholesale tour operators, travel agents, putting packages together, new and unique packages uh, for the consumer. Um, And then we do quite a bit in youth and amateur sports. We've built a pretty good reputation here in Mesa as being a a strong, smaller to medium-sized sports destination. Our strengths are really in youth and amateur golf, uh, baseball, We have two spring training facilities here. We're the home for the Chicago Cubs for spring training, as well as the Oakland A's. So we have two stadiums here with practice fields. And uh, obviously, when we're outside of spring training, those fields are open for other types of events. So we book those those facilities and those fields all year round. And then we do quite a bit in aquatics. We have two of the best pools in the western United States. In fact, the last two times that Michael Phelps came out of retirement in preparation for the coming Olympics, he did so in a Mesa pool. So we do quite a bit in those areas, and we've had a lot of success. You know, we've we've increased sales here 795% over the last seven-plus years. Got a great team here, great destination, uh, and we love selling Mesa. Wow, 795%. That's amazing. It, it and is. Take us back then over seven years ago. What was going on in Mesa? Was it, was it just not a well-known area? Was it, was it uh, being overshadowed by other, uh, other cities nearby? Well, I think there's probably a little bit of that. I think it was just a little bit of a different approach uh, about how to sell the destination. You know, we were still transitioning out of, you know, a print advertising world mm-hmm into the digital space. I think that our destination was probably slower to make that transition. 
is probably number one. Number two, a lot of the focus here, and this is, you know, not trying to impugn, you know, previous leadership or anything. It was just different philosophy. A lot of the focus was on spring training, and it was on March or the last two weeks in February through March, and focusing on the Chicago Cubs, especially at that time the Oakland A's weren't weren't in Mesa yet. And so, you know, we decided that it was more appropriate for this organization, at least, to focus on the other 46 weeks out of the year when the hotels really need our help. You know, they're running 92 to 100% occupancy in March where the DMO is, isn't needed as much as the other 46 weeks out of the year when, right. you know, there are shoulder periods or, or need periods in the summer. Uh, and so that's where we really targeted our focus and, again, hired a really tremendous, aggressive and talented sales staff. And that's really why we've seen the growth that we've that we've seen. Well, that's uh, that's great to hear. Um, I, I have a question about the people who are longtime Mesa residents. So people who've lived mm-hmm. in the area through this transition. What's the general reaction to to the focus on expanding Mesa, Arizona's sort of destination presence um, to I, I assume the world? This is not just a, a focus of targeting sure. leisure travelers from the United States. I would assume that this is broader than that. So has there been been any opposition to it? Has there been any challenges involved in in kind of shining a bright spotlight on this one city that you've noticed? I don't think so. This is a tremendous city with a tremendous amount of pride. I don't know if you know this or your listeners do, but we're the 35th largest city in the country hmm. uh, in terms of population. We're, we're bigger than, for example, a, a Miami or a Pittsburgh, at least in terms of city proper. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily the greater greater area, but and people are proud of the fact that we've grown for for all the right reasons. You know, we have Apple here and Google, and Boeing has a big presence. McDonnell Douglas, mm-hmm. uh, and it continues to grow. I mean, they're you know when the when the census comes out, they're forecasting that when the 2030 census comes out, we actually will have passed Tucson to become the second largest city in Arizona. We're third now, second largest in in Maricopa County or the Valley, as I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. When it comes to residents, it's, it's, it's an interesting question, somewhat difficult to answer because of the, just by the nature of who we are and what we do, we don't really market to locals. Mm-hmm. So local right. residents very often don't see our work because we're marketing outside of Arizona in our feeder cities and our target markets. Uh, and in fact, it's something that uh, our organization, our staff and our board have been trying to address because the value proposition of an organization like ours, we feel is very strong, but the the average resident may not be uh, fully aware of the benefits these visitors and their dollars bring to the community. And so we're actually making a concentrated effort now. Your question is timely because our board uh, has made a strategic decision to begin to approach um, local residents, get them involved in building the destination and planning for the destination. What kinds of so we're doing survey surveying actually now of local residents about how they see or what they see the future of Mesa being especially as a brand, as a visitor destination. That sounds important. I would think, you know, you, you've used the word pride a few times in terms of, you know, you think that most people who live in, in Mesa feel a sense of pride about this city. I Thank you. I did not know that uh, Mesa was the 35th largest city in the country. And it's good to know. So, and it does sound like a wonderful place to be. I But I, I also wonder, again, about that, that, that sense of pride 
also hopefully comes with it a sense of understanding and knowledge about what is happening in one city that is making it stand out from maybe others. So I love yeah. hearing that you're trying that you're now starting to bring, you know, bring some surveys and, and gather some information from the people who've lived there and grown up there in terms of what the connection is. I, I agree with you also that um, it's important for people who live in any area to, you know, you're not going to necessarily have everybody decide that that having an influx of people or visitors or tourism uh, is always a fantastic thing. Every once in a while, sure. somebody might want to just have, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, maybe things feel a little bit like they, they were decades ago or generations before or something like that. But the recognition of what high tourism can do economically and, you know, that impacts everything. It impacts, you know, uh, quality of life, uh, employment opportunities, uh, educational opportunities for the people that live there. So I'm, I'm happy to hear that you're making that um, connection. Before we take a quick break, I wanted to also ask you about do you keep data uh, on the number of visitors? I know you said you had a 795% growth increase um, in terms of sales. So I would assume that means like marketing sales. Is that what you're talking about, uh, advertising? In, yeah, really. Yeah, well, it, it's really um, related to booked hotel room nights. Okay. All right. And that's that's typically the chief performance measurement of an organization like ours. It's how many uh, direct hotel room nights you're able to, as an organization, contract on behalf of your city. Okay. Well, that's good to know also. So that, that makes sense to me. And that's an enormous increase. Very, you know, very exciting to hear that. Do you keep data on how far away uh, or, or the areas that m- many of your visitors come from? Is, is there a certain part of the world that seems to be coming more frequently than others? Or is there like a farthest away kind of statistic? We study and research everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Lay it on um, me. What, what, what have you got? Yeah, well, well, um, I mean, Arizona, inside the state, will always be the largest driver. So there's people that, you know, maybe live in Tucson or they live in Flagstaff or other areas of the state that come in for an event or they're coming to visit family but stay at a hotel. So Arizona itself is always going to be uh, the largest market, if you will. Outside of Arizona, it's California, specifically Southern California. Mm. Uh, we've seen a real growth in the Dallas market. Mm. Um, Colorado has always been a, a good market for us. Obviously, Chicago uh, and greater Chicago uh, with its affinity, long 60-plus year affinity with Mesa, with the Cubs being here. Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a strong market, and not just for Mesa, but for for Phoenix and Scottsdale and the entire valley. The Pacific Northwest has become uh, an active market for us. Obviously, again, we're home of the Oakland A's, so South Bay, East Bay, those are that's a target for us. Mm-hmm. But getting into Portland and Seattle as well, we're seeing growth there. And several of the upper Midwest markets, especially those that uh, can reach us, connect with us via Allegiant Airlines out of our airport, Phoenix Mesa Gateway Airport, uh, there are a number of upper Midwest connections mm-hmm. from those cities. So those are really our target areas. Mm-hmm. We see a little bit out of the East Coast, especially in Philadelphia and in New York, and those continue to grow. But 
uh, the ones I mentioned earlier are really our, our chief markets. Cool. I appreciate that you, you were able to share so much detail, and that does kind of put it into context for me. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, I'd like to dive into the autism-specific aspect of our conversation. Um, and, and that's going to, I think, uh, provide a lot of information to the listeners of this show and podcast. So this is 1 in 59, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and we'll be right back. Have you driven by Anderson Center for Autism? Have you ever wondered what we're all about? Well, we're a state-of-the-art educational program. We're a nurturing home away from home. We're a community resource. We're a training center for people from all corners of the globe. We're a deeply devoted family of professionals who utilize evidence-based practices to optimize the quality of life for people with autism. And we're here for you. Call us today at 845-889-4034 or visit us online at andersoncenterforautism.org to learn more. Welcome back to 1 in 59, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and I'm speaking today with Mark Garcia, president and CEO of Visit Mesa, a destination marketing organization otherwise known as Convention and Visitors Bureau. But I agree with what you said earlier, Mark. I think Visit Mesa kind of is comprehensive and is a great message and certainly encourages people to find out more about, you know, why I should visit Mesa, Arizona. So thank you again for being on the show. It's my pleasure. So you spent the first, we we spent the first part of the show talking kind of overall about Mesa, Arizona, some of what you do as president and CEO of Visit Mesa and what your organization is involved in, the amazing growth that you've seen in terms of helping Mesa become a real, uh, a really, really strong destination for for tourism and, and rec and leisure. You mentioned the Chicago Cubs and the Oakland A's having uh, spring training facilities there and some amazing pools. I'm already kind of thinking, you know, okay, when, when am I heading out there? So um, <laughs> so it already sounds good. I happen to love the the climate in Arizona. I know a lot of people, I know it's, it's hot, I get that, but the dry heat out in Arizona is something that I've always enjoyed the couple times I've had the chance to be out there. So so I know it's beautiful. And you're coming probably out of your super hot season. Is that correct? The summer are, is very We are indeed, hot. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a little cloudy today. It's been raining the last couple of days, but uh, it's been it's been lovely and the evenings have been gorgeous. Nice. Nice. Well, I've, I've known a couple of people who've retired out there and moved from where I am in the New York area uh, out to Arizona. And um, by and large, they love it. And we don't see them a whole lot after they go out there, <laughs> which I <laughs> understand, the especially the winter when we're getting ice and snow. OK, so I want to move the second half of the interview into um, the autism uh, supportive aspect of Visit Mesa and, and what uh, the entire city has been going through from your perspective. In in the process that you're still involved in, I know of becoming an autism supportive uh, city. Can you can you talk to us about first and foremost, I guess, the decision to sure. to move in that direction, and then uh, kind of give us a sense of where you are and and what it would be like. Let's say I, you know, uh, wanted to bring my family out there, and um, if I and I do not, I want to disclose that. But if if I or you know a family uh, had a loved one on the spectrum and wanted to go out for a family vacation, kind of, what would you recommend we do? Sure. Well, there's a lot of ground to cover there, <laughs> uh, so bear with me. This this is a um, this is a personal decision. Uh, this affects me personally. My son, uh, who's five now, was diagnosed at 14 months with severe autism. And uh, as you may have discovered through 
uh, looking at you know our webpage and, and some other resources that it you've heard me say it rocked my world and it really did and my wife and the rest of our family and you begin to ask questions what you, where do you get services mm-hmm. how do you get services where do you where do you go uh, for these um, for these types of services, whether it's you know what you discover later, a you know ABA and uh, IEDs and you know all these other acronyms, and obviously we're at the beginning of our journey. Uh, he's only five, and uh, many of the other questions that we still have will be answered in time. But it really it really happened about three years ago. You know, we typically go to Southern California for our own family vacation, and you know, while there, while at, you know, some of the hotels and the restaurants and attractions, it was a bad week. He was having some meltdowns. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you, then you start to get these stares from other people. Mm. You know, those stares that make you feel uncomfortable, uh, unwelcome, a little bit, you know, uninvited. And it's, it's, it's not a good place to be. Uh, it's an uncomfortable place to be. And I said, you know, this just isn't right. And it's not like it was the first time we, we received those stares, you know. You know, you, you get those even at home when you're at the grocery store and your child uh, has a meltdown. Mm-hmm. And you get those same stares. So it had been building. And then while we were on vacation, it happened. And I said, you know what, this is not right. This, this, I need to do something about this, at least in my uh, professional life. I'm in a position where I can do something about this, and that was really where the when the light bulb went off. So I came back and you know talked about these personal experiences with my board and said, you know, this is something that we need to do. And you know, I'd already begun to do a little bit of research. You know, knew the obviously one in 59 children born today will eventually be diagnosed with autism. One in, I think it's one in 39 boys. Yeah, and started to share some of those those statistics with my board, I said, I think we need to do something about this. And you know what? Yes, it's the right thing to do. And yes, this is personal for me. But I think based on what I'm discovering, this is again, this is at that time, three years ago, I think this could be a great business decision. Mm -hmm. Because this is a massively growing consumer base that's underserved. And I felt like we could get out in front of it. We could, we could do something pretty special. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, as I went through that research process, I came across AutismTravel.com and, and looked at their survey. And, and one of the survey questions was, do you currently take vacations as a family? 87% said no. Yeah. Are you satisfied with current travel options for families with autism? 89% responded no. Mm-hmm. Would you be more inclined to travel if autism-friendly options were available? 93% said yes. Mm-hmm. 32 million travelers 32 million people with disabilities do take vacations. It's 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 a really large market. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, 262 billion dollars is spent on autism-related services in the United States each year. So again, I said this is a, this is an opportunity here. Mm-hmm. So then I started to discover, okay, well, how do you do this? How do we? Who do we work with? Uh, and then you know, through that again through that discovery phase, I said, what about certification? I want something a little bit more than you know, working with some organization where you spend a little money and eventually get to put a sticker in your window and saying you're autism, quote unquote, friendly. I wanted something more substantive, something that was authentic, that was real, that the autism community would know was real, that it had some teeth, that there was a top to bottom educational platform for employees in our industry. 
And that's when I stumbled across the International Board of Credentialing and Continuing Education Standards, or IBCCES, out of Jacksonville, Florida. Mm-hmm. Saw that they were doing um, these types of certifications and training in healthcare and in the classroom and in the education space, and they've been doing it for 20-plus years. But recently, and by recent I mean you know, over the past seven, eight years, they had gone into the travel and tourism space. Obviously, being in Florida, it's a natural travel destination. Uh, I think they recognized it was important for them to get into the space, and they began working with SeaWorld and the uh, Space Center in, in Houston and Beaches Resorts. And I said, wow, let me give them a call. And, you know, after, long story short, after about a six to eight week process uh, and knowing that no city had ever tried to do this to get their entire travel destination and all their partners certified in autism, that we discovered if, if we can get 60 businesses, 60 of our partnering businesses, and those are primarily hotels, attractions, restaurants, and service-related businesses to the travel and tourism business that we could achieve this designation. Again, it hadn't been done before, so we had to work together to, to determine something that was tough to reach but yet reasonable. Mm-hmm. And that's when we landed on about 60 of our businesses and 80% of their front-facing or guest-facing staff would have to go through this training. Yeah. I remember I, I on the show, I actually interviewed somebody representing IBCCES a while ago. And I remember mm-hmm. them talking. They have some very specific criteria of how many employees of said organization or said business need to be trained in order to receive their certification. Interesting. Yeah. And they can be pretty rigid about that. Yes. Which, so, again, which is what is attractive about it for me. Right. You wanted something, you, you said before, you wanted something with teeth and, and something that really had that sort of uh, accountability of how many people and how how committed the businesses had to be. I'm only interjecting right. because we only have about a minute and a half left, and I want to um, – your description is is very, very helpful about the, your decision and your personal experience, which I think is shared by so many other families also, and the process. Where are you today? I know you're not f- finished with the with the process and the training and all the certification, but but um, can you give us a number? How many businesses as of now are um, are have gone through the certification? We're at about 50 right now. Okay. So we feel very confident. In fact, we've already established a date. Mm-hmm. Uh, November the 18th is when we were making our announcement. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we've we've made sure that everybody feels comfortable, including IBCCES, that we're going to reach that number by then. We feel very confident. There, uh, there are at least two uh, and a half more dozen businesses that we're currently talking to that we feel very encouraged with those conversations that they will also uh, come on board. So... Uh, November the 18th, when we're going to be make, making this announcement, all of our major hotels, our biggest hotels, our branded or flagged hotels, uh, have joined in this effort, this community-wide effort with us. Uh, several of our signature restaurants uh, and attractions, all of our museums uh, have signed up, and they've either, either by now have already gone to the training or they're currently in the process, mm. many of which have also uh, decided to do an on-site audit with IBCCS where they come in and spend the day and they go throughout the business, the attraction, the hotel, what have you. 
and they're developing sensory guides for each of those. Awesome. So what I what I haven't talked about is the deliverables. We now, and we are we are we are unfortunately uh, are we? <laughs> just about out of time. But no, I think that for for the purposes of this interview, you've covered a lot because while the deliverables are clearly important, the idea that you have gone, you know, you're going through this and you're going to be making this announcement. I want our listeners mm-hmm. to understand that they should now go check out Visit Mesa and learn more because I know I've been to your website. I've seen some of the videos and links that are up there. There's a lot of information there. So let's get that, get that out so people know where they can get more information. Sure. It's uh, autismtravelaz.com. Uh, right now, it's really more of an info page. But after November 18th, it'll be a programmable page where you can receive the deliverables like our autism travel guide, the geocaching program, see the new video of the family we flew out from Buffalo uh, where they sort of audited our destination. Oh, cool. And we're going to be cutting and splicing that. Yeah, so a lot of things are coming still. So look out for that page to transition over the next uh, couple months. Excellent. And I'm sorry to cut it short, but there's so much information here. Please visit AutismTravelAZ.com. And Mark Garcia, uh, President and CEO of Visit Mesa, kudos to you. Congratulations. And um, thank you for, for what you're doing in your city. I'm, I'm very excited to follow follow up and see how it's going uh, now and, and into the future after November 18th. So for, well done. Thank you so very much for having me and allowing us to share our story. Awesome. This is 1 in 59, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, And remember, Anderson cares. You've been listening to 1 in 59, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. Join us for another edition of the show at the same time next week. 